Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. Stress, what is it and how does it affect us? I have just written a book uh, which will be published May 2020. Um, which is a result of 30 plus years of working with individuals within business from chief execs to members of staff and from members of staff to boards of trustees and I'm sort of at my wits end a bit about how stress is within our control and we don't do the things that we need to do to not experience it so the definition of stress is that it is for me, the straw that broke the camel's back. So stress is caused by too much pressure. And it's pressure on top of pressure, on top of pressure, on top of pressure. And it gets to the point where our coping strategies, our abilities, our skill sets, our coping strategies can't cope anymore. Now, the thing is with this, we don't know when that straw is going to land on the camel's back to break it. And I thought I would tell you a personal story on this first, if you like, episode within within stress because I believe we're just in lockdown in the UK. I think we're going to get more and more and more stress-related illnesses because of what's going on within the world currently. And I am making it my mission to enable people to have control over that by creating self-awareness. So the misconception with stress is that people perceive it to be um, as a result of negative incidences within their life, but it isn't. Stress can be caused by positive influences in our life as well as negative, and it's the combination of the two. So it isn't just from one source and stress comes at us from the work environment, from our home environment, from our financial situation, basically how we live our life and pressure is applied from all of those angles. So let me tell you a story to give you a really good understanding of how it can happen. So when I was around probably late 20s, I don't actually have a deadline, a date for this, but probably around late 20s, maybe 30, something like that, I um, had been married and I realised that my marriage was not um, working, shall I say, um, and the marriage ended. Now, there was a lot of pressure through that whole period. Um, I had been accused of poisoning my husband. All I was doing was cleaning his flask out. It wasn't good um, and the saddest part of all of that we actually had two dogs and I couldn't take the dogs with me so marriage ended I went back from I went from my family home with my husband um, back to living with my parents which was absolutely um, 
there wasn't an issue with me living with my parents at all. My parents were great. So I went back home to where I'd been sort of born and bred and brought up. I lived with my parents. We had, um, my husband and I had two cars. Now I'm not having a go at my husband. We are actually friends now. And this was a long time ago. This was decades ago. We had two cars. I took the cheapest of the two cars. And I remember my dad saying to me, you're going to wake up one day and your car will be gone. I said, no, it won't. No, it won't. So we had this whole process of where, as I came home from work, my father would pull his car out of the drive. I would park mine in front of my dad and my dad would pull his car up behind me. And I was out late one night. And if I was out late, I would come home and move the cars about to save my dad going out you know, late. And one day I come home and it had been a good few months and I thought, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So I just pulled the car up the drive behind my dad's car. Um, lo and behold, came out the following morning, my car had gone. So there was a whole raft of things going on. I remember my mum, um, you know, dealing with all sorts. We were talking to solicitors and of course when solicitors get involved in this sort of stuff, they add in additional pressure as in financial pressure because you've got to pay the bill. Um, and it was taking so long, the letters were going backwards and forwards. It was all getting a bit out of hand. Now, at the same time all that was going on, we didn't have children. So there was no children involved in us. It, that, that It was just two adults. Now, as, while all that was going on, I changed jobs. I was looking for a new job. I got a new job. It was more money. Uh, it was a better position. At that point, I was practicing accountancy. That was my trade. I got a better job. Um, I got a new position. But of course, that means meeting new people, doing new things, working out new processes and, and all of that that goes with it. And I didn't really like it. It wasn't the job that had been promised as part of the interview process. The boss was odd, um, shall I say. And I... He actually sacked me. I'd only been there two days. It was, it was, I haven't, yeah, I haven't thought about that for a while. Um, I'd been there two days. He took me into the office and he actually sacked me. Anyway, I went to the, back to the agency and they, they were furious because apparently he'd done it to the last four or five people that he'd employed. So there was clearly a pattern coming from him. It wasn't about me. It was about him and what was going on. But again, you know, you've got a new job. You've left one job. You've got a new job. You then haven't got a new job. You don't have the income coming in and you've got to go and find another job, which I did. No problem. But you go back out to the interviews and, and everything that goes with that. So that was happening. At the same time as all that was happening, um, I started a new relationship, which was absolutely fabulous it was a stunning relationship it lasted for about 14 years so it wasn't sort of a you know a flash in the pan type thing and I mean it was it was a, a good relationship and again um, my social life changed my pressures of meeting new people changed the guy was a businessman we would go out to functions in the evening and every weekend we would go to um, events in London, we'd go to nightclubs in London, in the UK for those of you that are listening abroad, um, we would actually on occasions get a chauffeur to take us into London because he was a successful businessman. Now I had never been introduced to that life before 
and it was fabulous. I mean, I enjoyed every single minute of it. I would spend the weekends at his house, so I was living half at his house and then half at the parents, um, which got a bit tiring, but it's, you know, it's what you did. And what happened was that one Sunday lunchtime, this was probably about 18 months, two years after the separation. And at that point, uh, the divorce had gone through. So the, decri de the decree nice eye was through. Um, I had a new car. My partner had um, accessed a percentage discount um, through uh, Ford, I think it was at the time, because he was into into um, dealerships. I'd got a new car. It was just a, a Fiesta, but quite a nice one at the time. And this one Sunday lunchtime, we were going to the pub, and my partner had just taken delivery of his new car, and he asked me if I wanted to drive it to the pub. Um, it was a Range Rover, I had not driven a Range Rover before, and here's the interesting thing. My brother, my eldest brother, had always be, had been a sales rep for the majority of his life, and every time he got a new car, he would bring it home for me to drive. So the, the effect of um, driving brand new cars, high-powered cars, wasn't an issue. As part of my marriage my husband and i had been um into cars we had we used to um, drive and do up and sell and uh, buy and sell rs 2000s at the time some of you will know what i'm talking about and we belonged to a car club we would go down to one of the racetracks in kent and we would you know race the cars around the racetrack so driving cars driving high powered cars driving cars that had had um that were brand new didn't affect me at all at all but this Sunday I got in the car uh, drove it to the pub um, it was fabulous it drove like a it, oh it drove like a dream it was a really nice car got to the pub went in met friends um, and remember this is about two years sort of into this whole process um, met friends got my normal drink which at the time was a vodka and tonic uh, it, it got put on the bar and I went to pick it up and I physically could not pick up the tumbler of gin, uh, vodka and tonic, couldn't pick it up. My arm was shaking so much. I felt fine, but my arm was shaking. So I thought, well, okay, so I'm right-handed, tried with my right hand, that wasn't happening. Tried with my left hand, that wasn't happening either. The shaking in the left was worse. It was very different. So I didn't drink the drink, but I felt right, carried on with the conversation, but of course the next round came. Um, and I hadn't drunk the first one, which was unusual. So my drinking habits had increased. Um, I was the fittest I've probably ever been in my life. Um, I had my diet a change because of the, uh, you know, going out and you know, living between my mum and my partner's house at the time. Second round came round, of course it was noticed I hadn't drank the first one, but I sort of brushed it off, didn't want to say anything to anybody, a little bit embarrassed by the fact that I was shaking. And third round came round and my partner sort of said to me, what's the problem? You're not drinking, are you okay? And I said to him, no, I'm not okay. I can't pick the glass up. I physically cannot pick the glass up because I'm shaking so much. He said, what's the problem? Don't know, anyway. 
the irony of all this as a story is that that first drink that particular Sunday lunchtime I drank through a straw while it was on the bar with my partner sort of shielding me from everybody else because he could see that I was embarrassed anyway shakes stopped at that point and from then on in um, I would be very careful about what I did and how I did it I couldn't um, pick a cup when I was on my own I could pick glasses up I could drink unless I was really really tired but put me in company and I wasn't able to um, pick a cup up you know a, a coffee or a tea or a glass of water I couldn't I couldn't physically pick it up without shaking and of course if you've got a sort of a teacup in a saucer some of the meetings I went to at that point had teacups in saucers not mugs that we <laughs> now use I, you know I could would pick it up and you would hear it shaking so I would not drink while I was in a meeting if I'd gone out if I went out I would never order soup couldn't physically get it to my mouth without spilling it um, even to this day I sometimes don't order soup when I go out when I may have you know when I may like it because it's it's left me with a feeling of that it may come back so over the period of time I never took anything never any I didn't take any time off work, stumbled on that one. I didn't take any time off work. I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was causing it. I felt fine. Bodily, I felt fine apart from my arm shaking. Mentally, I was fine. I was going to work, um, doing everything that I had always done. I was still going to the gym and to the exercise classes, um, still going out. It didn't affect me as much, but I knew there was something. And over the years, I managed it. And now what happens, so this is probably three decades later now, now what happens if I push myself to the end, so if I party, if I burn the candle at both ends, now that doesn't have to be partying, that doesn't have to be, and then if I add the partying, so burning the candle at both ends, and the increase of alcohol that quite often goes with that, not as much anymore because I've realised what the problem is, um, the shakes come back. Now that's nearly three decades later. It is not as bad now as it used to be because I have learnt ways of managing it. I now know it was stress, but I believe, truly believe, and I've never been to the doctors about it because what are they going to do? I truly believe I've, in some respects, irreparably damaged my body. But what I am now able to do is recognise when my body is telling me that I have got an issue. I can feel it before it gets to the shaking position. So I have learned over the years, A, what caused it, um, B, what to do about it, C, to listen to my body to recognize what it's telling me. And to be honest, over the last few years, I hadn't really thought about this until I've started to talk this story. Over the last few years, it hasn't actually bothered me. And in the last few years, my eldest brother has died, my father has died, and my mother has died. That's in the last five years. But the shaking hasn't come back because I now know how to manage it. Now that's resulted in another story, which I'll do, which has, um, again, escalated into stress, but completely different. So I'll do that as a separate um, story because I don't want these to be too long. Now that is one of the reasons why I am... Uh, why I have written the book as part of this lockdown process because I truly believe 
all of these additional pressures that we are getting on us that are, and, and we don't have control of. So some of these pressures we can control, some of the pressures we can influence and others we can't. So when we can control the areas we can control and we can influence the areas we can influence, the no control zone on our stress, on our additional pressure becomes less but it's having the self-awareness of all of this. Now, I have worked with tens of thousands of individuals within business, one-on-one -on -one and in small groups over three plus decades. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Some of the toughest stories I've heard are from young men, and I say young men between the ages of sort of 20 and 28. Now, there's a pressure on young men of that age to do certain you know to be something to do something the pressure of having the car or the house or the getting married or the whatever it is there are pressures some of the other um incidences that i have actually seen as being if you like the worst are with older ladies older women i say older women you don't have to be old probably from the age of 40 upwards because things have changed we're not operating as women how we are if you like um designed to operate and we have all the additional pressures and i and i sort of say this as a general thing women take on a lot i'm not saying men don't there's no gender imbalance here for me but women don't always know how to say no they don't always know how to ask for help as men don't men are better at saying no so there are slight differences and this is not a gender thing what we can all do, whoever we are, we can learn our coping strategies. We can develop coping strategies. But to do that, we have to know where we're, what is affecting us. And that's the concept of the book. To create self-awareness with individuals, it does not matter how old you are. It does not matter what your gender is. It does not matter what country you are in. It doesn't matter who you are. We are all fundamentally built the same regardless of culture regardless of age regardless of gender we're fundamentally built the same and that is what causes the stress response within our bodies so this is episode one um I, there are already before this two um recordings online so please listen to them um please buy the book it's going to be a really good price it'll be on amazon or there'll be a it'll be on my website um it'll be on onpointseries.com it'll be on juliehogbin.com it'll be on clavenglobe.global and probably businesstalksandworkshops.com as well so have a look at one of those um you'll find it if anybody that's listening to this wants any um you know a conversation with me please please email me connect at clavenglobe.global at C-L-A-V-E-M. I'll respond to the email and we can book in a, a call or even if it's an online, you know, communication, depending where you are in the world. I've coached people in Australia before and that's as far apart on time zones as you could possibly get. Um, so please um, contact me if you think I can help you in any way. And the initial call, um, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a free offer to you. Initial call, just just connect with me and we'll work something out uh, without cost but please be very conscious that stress affects all of us 
and it is that final thing you the 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 acute stress response is in and out and done and dusted body aroused body relaxed it that's fine we all suffer from that we all get that and some of that is really good it's the insidious long-term effect of not dealing with something that we perceive is a problem that causes the issue that gives us the long-term effect and that can be up to 18 months two years after the the original thing happened so my original thing was the, the divorce but it was all of the good things on top of that the positive things the nice things that actually created the issue and it was the driving of the car that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me the driving of a car and I love cars I have no issue with cars doesn't matter what it is you put it in front of me I'll drive it been driving since I was 17 I um, absolutely love it but that was the thing that broke the camel's back so please um, contact with me if you would like and I will talk to you all very soon. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content. And please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.